Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Wrestling Heads Radio. You got your man Skip. And I'm here with my man, my right hand man, my dog from the NYC. Mr. Tom, what up, baby? Oh, shit. What is up? We are back here. BlogTalkRadio.com backslash wrestling heads. It's been a while. It's been a while. I think uh, we were we were talking about this earlier. I think it's been about uh, roughly three or four years since we had to use this site. So uh, some old memories on this website, but we are back. And uh, yeah, lots to lots to talk about. Lots to go over. It's crazy out there, but definitely good to be back and be talking some wrestling. Bro, literally, last show that we fucking recorded here on the Wrestling Heads radio blog talk channel was Body Slam Awards 2014. You know, we've been doing work with the homies uh, in WWP for, shit, 2000, like, maybe three years? Three to four years? Yeah, roughly, almost four years. Because we we what we did the we usually did the Body Slam Awards in December, at the end of the year. So yeah, yeah it's 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 been it's been it's been a while, and you know what? Um, you know we we did our thing over at the Elite Podcast Network, and everybody, everybody that was affiliated. With the uh, with the Elite Podcast Network was doing their thing, uh, you know, creating shows for the longest time. Everybody was pumping out some quality shows, some quality interviews, and you know what? It was a lot of fun, a lot of good people to uh, be podcasting with. Uh, you know, so just had to had to go. We're just kicking it old school. That's what we're doing. We're just kicking it old school, going back to the roots. And, uh, yeah, kind of uh, just getting right back on track, hopefully, and uh, making this a, a weekly thing once again. Yeah, man, I apologize for all the folks that are looking for some theme music. I got to get some theme music cracking for us again. Um, definitely need to get that cracking again because, uh, you know, I definitely got the channel back cracking tonight. So, but so, so much to talk about from NXT the SummerSlam, some Monday Night Raw that all came out tonight. Also, we can talk about um, Ref Pro had some crazy uh, shows tonight. Also, I don't know if Tom and the boys are ready, but we were supposed to share our top five in the in the um, ruthless aggression era. Is something that we skipped over, I believe. We were going to go over that. We might do that if we have some time. Also, I want to talk about possibly one of the best wrestlers of the year. Definitely on my top five by the end of the year. We'll get into that later uh, during the show. But um, NXT, uh, fire show as usual. Uh, featured wrestlers like Undisputed Air, 
Mustache Mountain, Velveteen Dream, EC3, Shayna Baszler, Shakari Singh, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. Am I missing anybody? Ricochet, Adam Cole. Baby. What a fucking show that all of those wrestlers put on. And it wasn't even a lot, you know, of people on that card. But they still held it down, showing the main roster why they put on better shows on a weekly basis. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it was it was another to bottom really good um, takeover show. You know, at this, it, it, I forget who said it. Somebody said it, that it would be more surprising if we were talking about that there was a poor takeover show. I think that'd be the more surprising thing. But that's, you know, it, it's just how these takeovers are. You know, the takeover shows have become these consistently um, really good shows to watch. They're very easy to watch. And this was, you know, there's, this was more like, there's not a lot of BS in between. Um, it's just, it's, you know, most of the time, just pure wrestling. You know, people going out there having um, good to great matches consistently. I, I can't really remember the last, like, I can't even remember the last, like, average kind of match. I was just Mo- last, most maybe been, the last takeover. I would say the last takeover was average because I wasn't feeling um, Aleister Black and, and uh, what's the name? Uh, fucking, what's his name again? But the Bob red Sullivan. fucking tights. Uh, yes. By the way, Nate is on, ladies and gentlemen. What's up? Yeah, what is so going Marcel on? Is... Not much. Uh, just recovering from a great weekend of wrestling. Watched Raw in about, watched a three-hour show in about 30 minutes. So now I'm ready to talk some wrestling. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you this really quick about Monday Night Raw tonight, folks. Uh, I, I forget what time roughly. I think it was roughly um, 9.30 or so. And uh, I was actually I was actually on the phone with I was actually on the phone with my girl, and I'm watching Raw, and she hung up because she had to go to bed. And I'm watching Raw, and I feel myself fading, fading. I'm I'm slowly going to sleep. I wake up. Next thing I know, it's ten thirty. I'm like, oh, this is an hour of Raw. Okay, I thought Raw was, was pretty solid tonight. And as I thought it was a while. You know, once again, I'll tell you what I thought was good. It's so it's so tough to get through. But anyway, it really is the power of the cigar and the fact that I only had thirty minutes before I had to pop on the show really helps. So, (laughs) (laughs) so let's get back into NXT real quick. So NXT, let's go over um, some of the matches as we start off with the undisputed era versus Mustache Mountain. Honestly, I kind of want Mustache Mountain to win. I want to. you know, get everything going with that storyline to keep it going, but I definitely understand why they ended it. Uh, Undisputed Era goes over, Roger Strong and Kyle Riley looking great as a tag team. Bobby Fish, who? Even though he's still uh, around. I don't know when he's going to return in the ring, but uh, it's like Bobby Fish, who right now at this point? Um, after the match, 
The War Raiders, a.k.a. War Machine, attacked Undisputed Era. It looks like they'll be the next contenders going after those NXT tag team titles. Uh, how about damn time uh, you get those boys from Burr? Yeah, what, 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 once again, I don't think uh, either of these teams can do no wrong. You know, they, they've had such a great series of matches. You know, you, you had Undisputed Era get beat by Mustache Mountain, um, and then uh, Undisputed Era wins back their titles and then retains them here. So, um, you know, these these matches that they've had against each other have been consistently great. Um, you know, all four of these guys always seem to shine a little bit in their own way. I felt like, um, you know, this was kind of a little bit more O'Reilly and Bate on this one, kind of shining, but that's not to say that Trent Seven and, um, and Roderick Strong didn't have their share of moments and they weren't, you know, out there doing their thing like they always have. You know, these are four top, top of the line wrestlers. And, you know, I'll always say that like Roddy and, and Kyle O'Reilly are, you know, they're, they're top wrestlers in all of WWE. You know, I would put Roddy up there, you know, against anybody in that company as the best wrestler. So, yeah, this is what I expected. I expected Undisputed Era to retain. Wouldn't It wouldn't have made much sense to put the titles back on Mustache Mountain. So um, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to War Raiders and Undisputed Era. I'm guessing something is going to happen, you know, um, between these teams. And I think. Um, you know, I think Mustache Mountain's going to get involved somehow. And somebody had pointed to this on Twitter that uh, if they do war games again, it's going to be um, all of Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven, Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn taking on Undisputed Era, taking on um, Ricochet and War Raiders. And I'll be there. I already got my ticket. So that's that. That's what the prediction was. Who knows if Ricochet is the one that teams up with War Raiders or it's somebody else? Um, but I could, I could definitely see that happening, and that would be absolutely insane. But you know, we know what War Raiders can do. Um, we we we've seen what they can do in Ring of Honor, and and stuff like that, and PWG. So we know what they're capable of. And when you go, like I said, when you step in the ring with Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, um, you're going to bring your A game. So it was a really good opening. Without a doubt, Nate, you want to put some thoughts in there? Um, well, for all, I was going to say this. TakeOver as a whole is great, but in other news, water is wet. Um, take, these TakeOvers are always great. I mean, there's I've heard some people say they've had some gripes with, like, especially this match, the um, O'Reilly and Strong versus 
uh, must-have mountain, but I thought this match was really good. Once again, they delivered, and you can't go wrong with these teams. I mean, Tyler Bate is, he's only 20. He's great. Roderick Strong's excellent. Kyle O'Reilly's excellent. Um, I'm not real. I mean, Crunch Heaven's great, but I'm not real, like, how should I say this? I haven't seen enough of him to, like, I know he's good, but. Let me just say like this. Trent Seven is no Tyler Bate. Oh, hell no. And Tyler Bate. He's older, too. For being 20, like, Tyler Bate has no business being as good as he is. At the age of 20, like when he's 30, he's going to be incredible. He's already great. Um, <laughs> I just want to mention this real quick. I'm sorry to cut you off, but this man, Tyler Bates, has been great since he was 18. I've been watching this guy since he was 18 years old in progress wrestling. He's been killing the game like, since he was 18. Really he's very underrated at, at that age, though. Um, but, yeah, this this was a great choice for an opener. Um, I believe it was the opener. Uh, and, yeah. Um, started off a great, great show. Without a doubt. After that, we move right into the second match of the night, Velveteen Dreaming EC3. Very, very disappointed in this one. You know, I really don't care for EC3 as a wrestler, honestly. He's so <laughs> underwhelming. He's got a great look, but, like, he he's – not good in the ring. Um, a lot of people in W. Well, when he was Derek Bateman in NXT and he got released and went to TNA, a lot of people were like, oh, they really underutilized him in WWE. But, like, he's back in NXT right now, and honestly, he's not that good. Um, he's only where he is because of his look. Because Vince likes guys and that are that look like him. Um I wouldn't say just, just the look and also the mic skills. That too. But like wrestling wise, like he can't wrestle his way out of a paper bag. He's just he's got two left feet. He's not good. I I think that's a little bit extreme. I think I think <laughs> easy to, he, uh, First, first, you know, I'll say the match. The match was the match was good. The match was it was a solid professional wrestling match. Um, you know, nothing. It wasn't trash. Out of the, yeah, come on, it was not. It wasn't trash. Come on, it wasn't. I'm, I'm it not wasn't. saying it was trash. It just wasn't uh, well, a team match that we usually get. Yeah. Yeah. I. I listen. Like I said, I. I didn't have high expectations with this match. I knew it was just going to be a solid match, and the the purpose of this match was to get EC3, I mean, not EC3, to get Velveteen a victory. And that's what the but match did. The match did his job. Were amazing. Yeah. Velveteen, Can we speak on Velveteen's you know, time? Velveteen looked, Velveteen looked even more like a star, and now he got a win. And this loss doesn't, it doesn't hurt EC3. It's not like this loss, EC3 is dead. Three didn't really need this win, and you know, like I said, I'll say this about EC3: he has, you know, he has the look and he has charisma. That's what puts him over the top. 
over other people is the promos he can cut is, you know, how he interacts with the crowd. You know, there were very, there were very few people in TNA, you know, during that lull in, you know, 2014, 2015, when they were putting on some solid shows, but you could see they were back on the decline. Um, he was always interacting with the crowd. You know, the crowd would say, you can't wrestle. And he would do the, I disagree. And they would chant it again. And he would say, I'm very good. Like nobody else was interacting with the crowd as much as he was. He, you know, like I said, he has a charisma. He's, I think he's an average in ring worker. I don't think there's anything about him that makes him stand out from an in ring standpoint. But I think, I think what easy, like I said, what EC3 needs is the right opponent and he needs a storyline and he needs something to where, you know, EC3 is going to be cutting promos and you know that they're going to build to something, you know, the EC3 rocks are spun. The man needs to go heel. Yeah. I I mean, I'm guessing he is kind of heel. It's, It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell with NXT, but like I said, he needs a storyline, and he needs something. Like I said, the EC3 Rockstar Spud feud that they had in TNA, when you looked at the match, was it a great technical match, or was it, you could say, a great wrestling match? No, it was a brawl. It was a bloody brawl, but it was the culmination of this big feud, and people were invested in it. That's what the type of match that EC3 needs. Otherwise, when he's in the ring, he'll put on you know, pretty average to solid wrestling matches, nothing really too flashy. But like I said, I thought this was, I thought this was good. Like I said, nothing that I didn't expect. Velveteen goes over. And finally, I'll say this, finally a match ends on an apron bump. You know, they talk about how it's the quote unquote hardest part of the ring. And the match finally ends on an apron bump spot. So I I will give the match that credit there. Yeah, that was a sick finish. Uh, can we also give Velveteen Dream uh, some credit on his tights? Call me events. Loved it. Great. My thing is, all these people saying now Velveteen has heat with the locker. I call bullshit. For, for what? It's bullshit. It's a bullshit rumor. For, uh, from what I hear, it's the same guy that made the rumor about Oscar walking out made that rumor up. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, they were saying that Velvet. This it's just one guy. This one guy said that Velveteen had heat over his tights and and stuff like that. But it was it was all ridiculous. Like uh, Skit said, and I was talking with him earlier. It's the same guy that reported that Oscar had walked out on WWE. To get get out of here, like get out of here with your stupid trash news, please. Is it a wrestling site with a Z? No, I don't even know. If it's a site. I don't even know. I don't even know what the guy writes for. Is this a guy who has a verified account? That's it. Uh, verification badges don't mean shit. It's not a guy. Whoever this guy is, I don't think he has a web- website or, at all. So he's a bum, whoever he is. Never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember. I think he has a site, but, you know, once again, he's a bum. He's a nobody when it comes to making rumors and shit. 
He's not a Dave Meltzer. He's not a Ryan Sutton. So he's he's neither one of those. So nobody cares. Nobody cares. I don't know. It was not those two. That's neither here nor But um, let's move on from that. Next after that, Ricochet Adam Cole, baby. What a matchup for them. For for um, the title. And um, what I'm gonna go right to it. Ricochet did great in there. He was doing great moves and uh, you know, doing doing. I felt like he did a little more in this match. Uh, what he did with Velveteen, honestly, um, he put out some PWG tricks, you know, uh, in this match. Uh, the man did this move basically, kind of like uh, the lethal injection, you know, the type of type of style. And Adam Cole caught him in the midair with the, with a super kick to the face. That that move was, was great. Um, but these two had great chemistry. We know these guys have faced each other plenty of times at PWG, and uh, and it, they did great together. Yeah, I thought this this match was so damn good. This match was excellent, beginning to end. These guys, you know, they had that chemistry. They have that chemistry going on. They know how to keep the crowd invested during the whole match, you know, even during some of the slow spots. Um, they knew how to keep the crowd going. And, you know, both of these guys are over, you know. <laughs> it's, you know, Adam Cole is supposed to be the heel, but, uh, you know, he's Adam Cole, so uh, people are going to, you know, yeah, he's Adam Cole, baby. So people are going to, you know, people are going to cheer for him. People are going to go crazy for him. And, you know, people were going just as crazy, if not even crazier, for Ricochet. So, you know, Ricochet is so damn over right now in NXT. And, yeah, lots of good spots in this. Like Skids mentioned, the uh, the super kick midair moonsault spot, uh, which has been seen a bunch of times. Um, really, really great spot. Great timing there from both guys. Um the spot toward the end of the match when um, Adam Cole rolled out of the way of Ricochet's first attempted 630 and Adam Cole sitting on the apron and Ricochet's on the other side of the ring kind of surveying the situation and runs across the other side of the ring, hops over the top rope, gives him uh, Hurricane Rana Frankensteiner to the outside. Uh, very, very similar to uh, what Volador Jr. does uh, down in uh, CMLL, um, ridiculous spot. It's it's. I always, <laughs> no matter who does it, um, I always kind of pop for that spot. That's always a lot of fun to see. Um, you know, we'll say little. If you if you ever see Volador Jr.'s version of it, like Volador Jr. flies and he, I mean, he's I just a maniac. <laughs> right. Whenever he does it, it's like. Volador, you're gonna kill yourself. Like, just yep. stop. He's gonna die eventually, and I think he knows that, and he doesn't care. It's just like, hey, I'm just gonna flap my wings, and I'm just gonna keep flying. But you know, <laughs> Ricochet, you know, Ricochet is crazy too, and the, the the things that Ricochet can do in a ring, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, it's it's so crazy just how athletic like this guy is, and the things that he can do in the ring. And of course, zero you know, right after after that Hurricane Rana to the uh, to the outside, uh, Ricochet throws awesome. him back. In. 
Yeah, hits the 630. And we have a new North American champion in Ricochet. Um, yeah, really, really, really good stuff between these two. Like I said, really good chemistry. Crowd was going nuts for these two. Every spot that they did, um, you know, these guys were taking big bumps. Um, and, it, you know, it, it, it definitely was a show stealer type of match, especially with, you know, the the two kind of um, other title matches that are going to follow it. Uh, it. It definitely, you can consider it a show stealer, but yeah, these two put on a hell of a show. So it was great, great stuff. Yes, sir. Definitely looking forward to seeing those uh, gentlemen meet up again in the near future. If not in NAC, but on a main roster, uh, we will see them together. And I was talking, I forgot who I was talking to earlier, but uh, I said once Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole both make the main roster, they'll be probably the most over guys coming from NXT in a long time. And I hope they don't get ruined, especially Velveteen Dream. I don't see, I don't see neither one getting ruined. Uh, Adam Cole, I see him also being that, that like one – type of heel that gets beat up sometimes. He's good at making those faces. So expect some shit like that to happen to him sometimes, you know? But then expect him to always to like get away with shit. You know how Adam Cole is. Yep. Um, um I thought th- I thought uh the Adam Cole Ricochet match was really, really good. This match was the only match because I didn't watch the show live. Um, I never get to watch these things live. But uh, in this match, I was actually spoiled on, but knowing who won beforehand didn't uh, didn't ruin my enjoyment of the match. It was very, very good. Um, Adam Cole always brings it. I mean, you could say what you want to say about him, like, on NXT Weekly TV, is a lot of people are saying he's extremely underwhelming. I disagree. He's he's not doing anything that's blow away great, but when he needs to turn it up, he does just that. And I thought this match was really good. And Ricochet Adam is Ricochet. Cole, whoever, so. whoever says under um, Adam Cole is underwhelming needs to sit in the corner and think about what they said. Adam <laughs> Cole is great. Know is that like a lot of the stuff that he did on the indies that made him stand out, he doesn't do anymore, and it's because WWE won't let him. I do mean, there's one move. Just, I want to say one move he yeah. doesn't do anymore, and uh, the pen that's, uh, destroyer, But otherwise, say? like it's the same guy. They won't let him do the Panama City Destroyer or the Canadian Destroyer off. The, yeah, that's the only move he doesn't do. But. The only Otherwise, every other move he does, I'm like, what the fuck? Yep. But a lot of people are just very underwhelmed with Adam Cole, and I can see why. But, and my whole thing is, like, if you look at the Undisputed Era, Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, like, Adam Cole is, like, the one that they're doing the least amount of stuff with, but that doesn't mean that he's not still great. Like he always delivers in his matches and he's just, he's really, really good. You must know saw my tweet the other day. Wrestling fans are good for being crybabies and making up rumors straight up. Yep. 
and when their favorite person gets signed to WWE, then they automatically and I know, say, "Oh, I've always liked." This I'm person. sorry, I'm I'm gonna call them out. True God, yeah. right now, crying that Roman Reigns is a fucking champ. Get over it. True fraud. Get the fuck over, it, man. My man needs to get over it for real talk. Roman Reigns is a champ. He needs to go fuck himself. We'll talk. About, we'll talk about that later, though. Um. Moving on. So after that match, we had Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler at a match, and they actually delivered a pretty solid match. I definitely enjoyed it. It wasn't boring. Shayna Baszler out here, you know, being more aggressive in the ring. Uh, enjoyed that. I usually shit on her on a regular basis, but she was different in this match. I I thought this match was really, really good. This was one of the best um, NXT women's title matches that we've seen in a while. It definitely, I think it had everything. It had, you know, the heel working over uh, the baby face. You know, in, in NXT where there's very few people that the people are really against, you know, Shanna Baszler was, was one of them. You know, the crowd, I think the crowd, you know, obviously knows that she has some skill, but, you know, just like Champa, you know, they're they're booing her because, you know, she's this big, big bully and she's hurting people and she's, you know, injuring people. And, uh, you know, that's that's her whole gimmick. That's her whole, you know, stick. So, um, you know, crowd was fully in support of Kyrie and this whole match. And like I said, I, I thought this match was really good. Um, you know, the way that they worked over um, you know, Kyrie's leg and then, you know, Kyrie had the comeback and, you know, the fact that it took um a couple of insane elbows to um to finish off uh Shanna Baszler. That's not even what finished her off. What finished her off was uh she was going, you know, for the uh, rear naked choke and then um Kyrie's, you know, kind of uh slipped out of it and, you know, got her into a pitting situation and got the victory that way, you know, to where it was kind of a surprise thing. And I thought, I thought the finish was good. And, you know, overall the match was good. And, you know, Shayna Baszler, um, she is, you know, obviously, obviously Kyrie Sane is Kyrie Sane. <laughs> you know, if you've ever seen a Kyrie Hojo match, you know how talented, you know, this woman is. But Shayna Baszler, for still being as new to the business as she is, um, she's, you know, she's picking it up so quickly. She's getting the, she's getting all the different parts of, of wrestling. Her selling is getting better. I think, I think her selling in this match was the best it's ever been. I think her, you know, her heel work, uh, kind of working over the the crowd as a heel was the best. That she's done Remember yet. she did um, the fucking corner move uh, that Carrie Sane does? You know, Carrie does the fucking pirate shit. She fucking uh, yeah. was copying that. That was funny. Right, exactly. So, so she's picking. So she's picking up on on all these different things really quickly. So it's it's really it's really cool to see how fast she's been picking uh, picking up on stuff. So. Um, it was a little bit of a surprise. I didn't really expect Kyrie to win. I, I think I had uh, picked uh, 
Santa Isler to retain, but it was still a good finish nonetheless. You know, kind of a, like I said, a bit of a surprise. But like I said, this was a really good match. Probably, like I said, one of the best NXT women's uh, title matches that we've seen in, in quite a while. And one thing I do want to say about uh, the difference between Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, which difference between maybe Ronda is better, like, wrestling-wise. Um, but the thing is, he doesn't use submissions as much as Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler is more on the technical side. And another thing, Shayna Baszler gets the character side, too, and the promo side more than uh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, she's got the character down pat, but um, I don't know. She's just not – I think Ronda's a better wrestler, honestly, and I think Shayna's a better character. And um, I'm better on the promo. Yeah. Um, Shayna just sounds awkward. Like, she doesn't know what she's saying at all, and it's just – I don't know. She, I think Shayna's I, – I, well, me – I think Shayna's got better in the promos. She knows how to be an evil I think motherfucker all around. Um, I, that I think Shayna's. I was gonna say Shayna's a little bit awkward, but I think she's getting there. I think she still has a lot of work to do on the mic, but she's getting there. You know, she was definitely very awkward at first, but I think she's kind of picking it up. You know, it's not something that everybody really has, so I think it's something that you can. Learn. But anyway, it sucks, though, like to defend to defend her, and I'm not a huge I I'm not a huge Shayna Baszler fan. Uh, I probably never will be. But to defend her, okay, she's had a few matches in AIW or whatever, and then WWE saw her, knew who she was, they signed her, so she's basically getting a free, well, not a free ticket, I won't say that, but she gets signed to WWE, the biggest company in the world, and she's being forced to almost learn on the fly, which isn't fair. And the negative reactions that she gets isn't really fair, but I'm still not a huge fan of her. That being said, I thought her match at TakeOver was excellent. Her last few matches at TakeOver have been been really, really good. Um, I did not see this finish coming. I thought Shayna was going to win. Um... So her losing really makes me wonder, are they going to fast track her now to the main roster? Um, and what does she do? There's been there? a rumor. Like, there's been a rumor going around. I don't know how true this is, but four horsewomen of WWE versus four horsewomen of UFC survivors. I've heard that for that a long time. So that's a real possibility. Um, my question, though, would be for that is, how much training do both Marina and Jessamine have? Um, Zero. I know both, but I don't know how seasoned they'll be and how long they want to do that. They ain't ready. No, they're not. And the perfect thing to do would be something for Survivor Series, but you'd almost want to do something like that on a takeover leading into Survivor Series and Survivor Series itself. That way it would be a little less or a little more forgivable, um, and maybe putting it, put it on the tape, the taping after takeover, not takeover. Uh, can itself. I be real quick? Mm. The other two should never have signed to the WWE. They don't need it. 
they just want to they just want to play follow the leader. They should never ever sign. Oh yeah, for what? Definitely. Because aside from being Roddy's wife, like who is Marina? And I like Jess, Jessamine, but if she wasn't associated with Ronda, no one would give a shit about her. So, yeah, they're basically nobody. And the average fan isn't going to care. Sam Baser actually really went out there and was in the independence and shit and that had any yeah. matches and shit. She went to start him and stuff. I respect that. But I'm not I, I just can't do it with the rest of the the um other two. Ronda Rousey got my respect at WrestleMania. You know. And she faced Same. Nia Jax too. I'm still not a fan of Ronda as a person, but I like her performances so far. Let's go. Let's go ahead and move on since we saw on the NXT. Uh, after that, we had the final match of the night: Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. Last man standing match, and what a battle between these two! These guys just fucking hate each other. Probably the few, possibly the few of the year in professional wrestling, and possibly the hill of the year in the same match. Because Tabasco's a fucking asshole. I don't know if you saw his latest tweet. I'm going to read it for you guys. The dude is a fucking ass. I didn't know Project Chopper was an asshole like this. But, uh, yeah, asshole. So, he says, popular opinion on Twitter. Chopper only won because Johnny dislocated his kneecap and couldn't stand up. Reality. Chopper tore his ACL five minutes into a 20-minute ladder match and still finished the match. But what do I know? And it's got like a gift for him, like I don't know. <laughs> Fucking he tore in Ring of Honor. He tore his uh, um, ACL thirty seconds into a ma- into a thirty minute match with uh, Jay Lethal and still kept on going. So props to Champa. I really do. He he plays like he plays such a good character on the internet, on TV, like he's legitimately hated and there's not too many heels who can pull that off without being, oh, I I don't, or I'm cheering him because he's a cool heel. Like people actually want to see him die and that is lost art in pro wrestling. (laughs) Yo, he's such a great heel and he has no music and I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, going going back to the to the match for a second, um, this is what I'll say. I honestly, I, I I thought this match was really good, but I thought this was the weakest out of their three matches. So did I. You know, I I I'm not gonna like I said, I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, it wasn't a good match, or it was, you know, you know, kind of you know, played out or whatever. It was still it was still a fun match. It was still an entertaining match. I just thought it was, you know, it, it was definitely, you know, the weakest out of the three. And I think there was there was just way too many points in this match where it just kept getting drawn out because of the counts. It was, you know, do the count and then somebody sits there. 
and then they get up before 10. Do a spot on them. Sit there. Wait for the refs to count to nine. They get up. And it was just like that over and over again. And then they would go somewhere else. Okay, if they were in the ring, they would go outside, do the spot. Okay, if they're ringside, then they go up on stage, do the spots. And, um, you know, it just felt like it was taking a little bit too long. So, like I said, if, if I had to critique the match, you know, and and put some negativity on it, I, I think that's what I would say. Like I said, that's not to discredit this feud. I think this feud has been a top feud in not just WWE, but in wrestling uh, this year. Um, you know, it's it's just funny how this it seems, it seems like right now that's how this is how the story is ending for now. Hopefully, I think I hope they end it like this for now. You know, they could always do something down the line, many months down the line. But it's funny that the story ends with Gargano, you know, this resilient baby face who everybody loved, and he ended up you know, screwing Aleister Black, another, you know, another baby face out of the title because of his own grudge against Tommaso Ciampa. And now Tommaso Ciampa's champ. And then because of his own hatred of Tommaso Ciampa, he does something stupid and, you know, hurts himself and loses the last man standing match for the title and Ciampa's still champ. So it's it's weird how they kind of booked him in the end. Usually it's like, oh, the baby face goes over, you know, good triumph over evil. But no, it was Johnny Gargano was so, it was basically Johnny Gargano was so stupid that he hurt himself and now cost him another match against Ciampa. I was going to say, I was going to ask you that, Tom, do you think that what Johnny Gargano did make made him look stupid, but you pretty much answered my question and, so, yeah. What do you, What do you What do you yeah, think? Are you, are you with me? Yeah. I, I just really got to figure um, out. I just really got to figure out who also uh, jumped Alistair Black too. Unless they uh, forget uh, that storyline, like they forgot Hideo Tommy getting jumped in the parking lot. <laughs> they do that stuff all the time, though, because and they expect you to not remember, but like the. The hardcore fans and the smart fans that are on, like, that do podcasts, like the one that we're talking on right now, like, we remember everything. (laughs) But WWE, like, your average WWE fan has a fish brain, and they forget stuff that happens 10 minutes ago. And they rely on that, and they they realize that. And your casual fan isn't going to happen, or your casual viewer who only tunes in so often isn't going to care that, oh, Hideo Itami got attacked in the parking lot and we still don't know who did it. Just like that nonsense about uh, Alistair Black getting attacked or whatever it was, the parking lot thing on NXT a few weeks ago, it's like we're probably never going to find a resolution to that either. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope that they would follow up on it. You know, I will say this, that when you watch the video, there's a lot more that happens in that video, which leads me to believe they're going to follow up on it. Because you have Johnny Gargano walking through the door, and then you have the Undisputed Era 
um, in a typical 1980s uh, high school sitcom, drive off in the car. Um, and then you had Tommaso Ciampa walking with the belt. You had uh, heavy machinery supposedly, you know, finding Alistair and checking up on him. And then you had um, Cassius Ono kind of being distant about it. And um, what's that guy's name? Kona Reeves. You know, Kona Reeves was out there. Ricochet was out there. So I think this one they have to follow up on just because they set it up so intricately to where it's like, you know, who, you know, who did it? There's so many suspects in this. With Hideo Itami, it was, he was laying in a parking lot and Kevin Owens walked by and said, that's a shame. You know, this one was set up a little bit more. You want to see what happens. Well, let's go ahead and move on to Raw. Actually, right, SummerSlam. Yeah, SummerSlam, the uh, six-hour extravaganza, WrestleMania 2.0. God, this show is so long. Oh, my God. It, it was super long, but I actually – I'm glad you said that because I actually enjoyed this show a lot more than I did uh, WrestleMania. Um, I'll say this, and I've I've kind of been saying this, to to everybody, um, I thought I thought SummerSlam was okay. I thought it was an all right show. I don't think there was really anything that stood out that like jumped out at you or something where you're like, man, I got to go back and watch that. I yeah. don't think there was anything like that. But there was some solid stuff here and there. A lot of weird booking. Um, a lot of, you know, like I said, it was just kind of basic matches. There was, re- like, it was the type of matches that you could see on Raw or SmackDown. There was really not a lot that made it, like, stand out. There was only a few matches that did that. So, um, like I said, I thought it was okay. I thought the show was okay. It was too fucking long. It was too the fucking long. Because the, awesome. this 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 show was six hours long, almost right, wasn't it? About six hours because it started. It started at four o'clock and it or four o'clock my time, which I missed right. the first hour. I was still at work, um, so I got home at about five, started watching, and I think it got over at like ten o'clock my time. So right, it was about okay, so it did, yeah. So it started five o'clock. Eastern and ended, yeah, and it did end about 11 o'clock Eastern, yeah. It's just, it's way too fucking long. These shows are way too fucking long. See, way too long. That's funny, okay, like, this is completely unrelated, but it kind of isn't. But, like, okay, Vince McMahon, when he did his XFL press conference revealing about the tw- it's going to happen in 2020, blah, 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 um, in that press conference, he made a statement that said that nobody wants to sit through a sporting event that's more than two hours long. But it's like, okay, Vince, do you watch your own product? 
because Raw is three hours long, and these pay-per-views, every pay-per-view is four hours long to the point where, okay, like, I understand, like, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series being four hours long, but now, like, every freaking pay-per-view that you do is four hours long, and it's excessive. And I'm sorry, like, when I was a kid and I didn't have a job and I didn't have responsibilities, a six-hour pay-per-view, I'd be in heaven. Now as an adult, it's like, oh, fuck, when is this going to end? Because it's just, it's too much. And you wonder why the product's oversaturated and you wonder why people are disinterested. It's like, look what they did last night compared to what they did on Raw tonight. They, and with the network, it's like they, they book pay-per-views to get to Raw. Whereas before it was, let's book Raw to get to the pay-per-view. Now it's completely ass backwards. Um, and it's just, you watch a six-hour show, and for what? Because it, the next night, none of it's going to matter. Yeah, it's just it's it's just way way too long, and people are tired from it. You know, halfway through, you know, not just the people watching, but the people in attendance. It's just it's brutal. Otherwise, I wouldn't have made it through the second hour. Right, right, and you know, even though SummerSlam was in Brooklyn, you know, this was the reason that. You know, I, I I did not really want to go to these shows is because, you know, it's I think it's tough on anybody to go to any sporting event, any wrestling event. It's three hours. And especially, okay, if you're going to be drinking, you know, two to three hours is okay because you could space it out and not get, you know, completely plastered. Six hours of drinking. And we'd all be dead. We would all we would all be dead on the streets if if everything was like that because we would just keep drinking and drinking and drinking. So it's just it's it's just way too long. But anyway, let's let's get to the matches. Let's uh, let's quickly go over some of the matches. Um, this was the only match that I missed. Um, this is the pre-show. We had Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega taking on Rusev and Lana. And Andrade Sanomas and Zelina Vega get the win. So still some trouble in paradise for uh, Rusev Day. Uh, Rusev and Lana still having their troubles along Actually, with uh, more, Aiden. Uh, trouble for Lana. Because Lana the one got pinned. So Rusev still it's looks tr- strong. It's tr- yeah, it's trouble for all of them. So their problems still continue with Aiden English. And stuff like that. So for the uh, WWE Cruiserweight Championship, uh, we have Cedric Alexander defending against the challenger, Drew Gulak. Um, thought this match was okay. Nothing, nothing really special. Um, I thought this match, you know, went about 10 minutes long. It was just okay. Like I said, nothing, nothing, too, uh, nothing too wild. I actually enjoyed this match probably a lot more than you did, but it's probably because it was early on and I knew that I better get some enjoyment out of the earlier stuff because it's only going to get worse by the time the show progresses. So um, 
I mean, this match wasn't great, uh, but it was good, and it had some good, well, it'll make people, if they watch 205 Live, you'll want to watch it and find out where everything goes. Um, I'm not a fan of the cruiserweights always getting the pre-show matches, um, but that's a whole other issue because, honestly, these matches could be used to open the show and crowd hot versus be in front of two-thirds of the arena because no one's in their seats yet. Yeah. Yeah, because the cruiserweights definitely deserve a lot better treatment. But moving on to the final pre-show match uh, for the Raw Tag Team Championships, it was the Revival, Scott Dawson, uh, Dash Wilder, taking on the B-Team, Curtis Axel, and Bo Dallas. And Bo Dallas and uh, Curtis Axel retain. I, I didn't like this match. Once again, could have been done on a Monday Night Raw. This match, I think, went about five minutes long. What was the point of this? I thought, it was, I, thought it was kind of, I thought it was kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see a point to this match. The B team is something that I really don't get. Um, I understand that it's like they they were with the Miz. Now they're not with the Miz because he's on a different show, but I don't know. I'm just not a fan of the. Yeah, they have to get rid of that shit, Asa. They're fucking boring. Yeah. The tag division on Raw. Honestly, after to watch this tonight, I'm gonna just go ahead and skip to tonight because uh, Scott 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 Dawson, I believe, faced Curtis Saxwell tonight, and he pinned him. So. Hopefully that gives, you know, the Revival another shot. And just get the Revival to fucking tag both because they should have been tag champs for a long time ago. If one of them never got hurt, they would have been champs a long time ago. And it's looking like Matt Hardy might be hurt, by the way, and might be uh, working in the backstage now. Yeah, that was reported on a while ago. Um, Real quick, I just want to add in uh, Lau. What's up, fellas? Lyle. How y'all doing tonight? Actually, in the middle of talking SummerSlam. And I guess oh. it's something that it's something um, was basically related to that popular Raw. We'll probably throw in some Raw talk with that, too. Cool. So go ahead, boys, on the last match. Yeah, let's get to the uh, to the main show. So we started off the the main card with the Intercontinental Championship being defended. Seth Rollins, the challenger; Dolph Ziggler, the champion. Um, I'll be honest, I was not a fan of this match. I, I this match one. Oh, see, it's good. It's good that I'm not alone. Uh, um, this match went about a little over twenty minutes long. Uh, Dean Ambrose accompanied, of course, uh, Seth Rollins at ringside, and Drew McIntyre accompanied Dolph Ziggler at ringside. Um, 
I don't know. To me, this match there was there was just way too many slow spots. Uh, there was a lot. There was there were some good spots in this match. Don't get me wrong. It's Ziggler and Seth Rollins. You know, there was a reverse uh, suplex off the top rope that got turned into um, uh, kind of a uh, a spinning sit down by Rollins, which is the, you know, kind of the opposite of what he normally does, which is a superplex off the top rope into, um, into a Falcon arrow. So this was kind of the opposite of what he normally does. So, um, but other than that, I thought this match was just very lethargic. I thought it, I thought it was way too slow for what these guys normally should be going out and doing. And it's it just, I don't know, it, you know, I don't know, you know, of course there, the match ended, match ended when uh, Seth Rollins hit the curb stomp on Ziggler, um, new IC champion, yeah, new IC champion, but yeah, this, this match, it, it went way too long, you know, this match if they were going to make this a 20 minute match, then they needed to do a lot more stuff. They needed to redo this whole thing because um, this match felt like it was 40 minutes. You know, it wasn't the 20 minute type of, you know, sprint type match that you'll see on the Indies or uh, NXT or new Japan, all Japan, wherever this, it, it was, you know, 20 minutes that was made to feel like 45. And it just it just was not good. And it was not up to par to what these two are capable of. The reason I, my main problem with this match was not that it existed, but the fact that it existed after they already had a 30-minute Ironman match. Um, a 30-minute Ironman match should be like the blow-off to a feud. And that's how Iron Man matches used to be, but now they mean nothing. And this match was put together, and it meant nothing. And I mean, we've seen it all, and these two are capable of way better. And I was in, extremely disappointed by this match. They, Honestly, Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins should have been capable of this. SummerSlam should have been Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins instead. It should have been, but this match felt like they were. It felt like they were both wrestling a match in slow motion. That's what it felt like to me. Since we're on the the, the Seth Rollins uh, conversation real quick, this is just jump right into Raw. Tonight, Dean Ambrose faced Dolph Ziggler. Dean out here looking pretty nice in his first singles match. Uh, that boy's definitely been working out. And, uh... I definitely enjoyed Ambrose tonight. Otherwise, I don't, I don't know. know if I'm the only one that saw the Ambrose uh, Ziggler match. Yeah, I didn't yeah, watch it. Was, it was all right. Not, like I mean, nothing. it wasn't the best match. But what about what? what, what, what now, what I'm saying has nothing to do with the match. It has to do with Dean Ambrose's like, return, how he's looking. He looks more uh, like he cares. Like, he's actually caring that, you know, he's actually having a wrestling match. Otherwise, before, when he was around, it's, it's like, I really don't give a shit. 
Well, I mean, you know, because it's his, it's his first match back. You know, let him let him be back for like a month or two and see how complacent he gets. I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying, you know, like you know, of course, I'm sure he's going to be excited for his first match uh, back on. Even Raw. before he left, when the show got back together, I felt like he was uh, back at his shit too. Right. Who am? Ambrose, before he got hurt, I felt like when he was in the middle of the feud with, D- with uh, Joe, I thought he was, you know, back to being excited to actually come to work. He's a bum. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'll negative Nate. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I wish I, I I will say I wish we were still on Elite Podcast Network because I'm I'm looking for the Booker T soundbite looking real Jack baby. That's what I'll say. Like, he's looking he's looking real Jack. I don't know. You know the fact that they haven't. You know so many people were expecting Dean to turn heel first when he returned and then he didn't and then they were like oh well he's going to turn heel at SummerSlam and he didn't and then people were like no tonight he's going to turn heel. And to anybody that watched Raw, he didn't. So it's like, you know, people still keep waiting for this Dean Ambrose heel turn, which I think is going to take a lot longer than uh, than people are anticipating. But like I said, like I said, we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll have to see what happens with Rollins and that thing and and that title. My only complaint is. Can they fucking do something with Drew McIntyre? Holy shit. Like, the guy is fucking so... Like, this guy should be fucking main eventing. This guy should be fucking main eventing, and he's not. Like, yeah, honestly, uh, you know... I think they fucked up, and they should have had him and Ziggler at least fucking try to get those tag titles. They fucked up on that, too. Right, and I feel like... You know, the whole thing of McIntyre returning to be with Ziggler, I thought it was going to be that Ziggler was kind of more of the, the manager or guy on the outside type of role. And McIntyre was going to be kicking ass. And that's not really what's happened. Yeah, they, they, they need to get him out of that role of being the diesel to Ziggler, Shawn Michaels. Just let him go out there and be a star. He's uh, he's ready. You know, he was ready before he even joined NXT. Uh, his work, you know, on on the Indies was uh, you know top notch. I'm ready to see Drew McIntyre. You know, whether it's with or without Ziggler, uh, you know, live up to his uh, his potential that you know everybody thought he was uh, he was going to years ago. Um, so you know, one thing that 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 uh, I'm not too sure of is, you know, where, where does Ziggler go from here? You know, he so he he trades the uh, the IC belt back and forth with uh, with Rollins. Now what? You know, because obviously, you know, after what happened tonight, uh, that is completely uh, done with. Uh, also, by the way, uh, I, you know, I'm gonna throw my hat into the. Wasn't a fan of the match uh, at SummerSlam. Uh, Nate mentioned that uh, you know Iron Man matches don't seem to mean much anymore. 
And they they absolutely do not, especially when they just had a match on Raw like the week before that went 36 minutes. So, you know, I didn't see the point of the Iron Man match. This match didn't really feel like a blow off match. You know, you know, besides the title change, um, it was it was a weird way to set the pace for the beginning of the main card. But uh, you know, um, again, I'm just ready for better things for uh, for Drew. Uh, I'm kind of worried about where Ziggler's headed. I wish this match would have been Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. I mean, I I've been That's wanting it. that for a long time, and anything involving Dolph Ziggler, I just don't care. Like the guy loses all the time, and anytime I mean he Ziggler, I, I think Ziggler's got more motivated. Yeah, but he's like, they're never going to do anything with him, and it's just he's a guy who. You see him every week. He never goes away. It's like, I I won't say this. It's like, I don't want him to get injured, but I want him to go, like, do a shitty movie or something like that just to get him the fuck off my TV for, like, a month or two. Give me a break from him because he's always there, and it's just, I don't know. He's he's the show-off, but it's like he does the same shit all the time in every single one of his matches. And it's getting to the point where you've seen one match, you've seen them all. We shall see. I don't know it's going to continue with the yeah. probably the show, uh, Seth Rollins and and um, Dean Ambrose going against those two in a tag team match, most likely. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happened with Ziggler, McIntyre, Rollins, everybody going forward. But moving on to our next match. This match was for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We had the New Day challenging the Bludgeon Brothers for the SmackDown uh, Tag Team titles. Um, once again... Yeah, it was a man type of match. It was, you know, DQ finish. Obviously, they're going to continue this. You know, there's a couple of good spots in this match, but apparently Eric Rowan has uh, has injured his arm. Um, I didn't see any specifics on it, how long he's going to be out. I don't know if they know that yet, but apparently he injured well, his arm on Sunday. Uh, they're actually having a match on SmackDown tomorrow, no DQ match. So, for the tag titles. So, it's continuing tomorrow. Yeah, we'll have to see if he's hurt tomorrow. But, um, yeah, th- th- this match was, like I said, there was a couple of good spots in this. But, overall, I thought it was, eh. It was just there. Like I said, this is a match that I could have seen on SmackDown. There was nothing special about this. This was, like, half the pay-per-view, though. Like, a lot of these matches could have happened on Raw or SmackDown, and they would have been fine. But they happened on pay-per-views or on the pay-per-view because the pay-per-view has to be four hours long. Yeah, I I, I wasn't a fan of this match either. Uh, actually, about maybe three quarters of the way into it, 
Um, I stopped paying attention because I was ordering something to eat from Postmates. Um, <laughs> and then started paying attention again, and then the next thing I know, it's a fucking DQ finish, and I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, so much for that. Uh, yeah, that's and again, you guys mentioned that that's something you would expect to see on SmackDown, not on, you know, the second biggest show of the year. Right. Anyway, so we go from we go from eh to something that was a complete squash. Braun Strowman taking on Kevin Owens, Mr. Monster in the Bank. I, I, I I'm gonna punch myself in the face every time I hear Monster in the Bank and hopefully by the end of the night I've punched myself so many times that I don't have to watch Raw anymore. Um if Total and complete squash math. Um, said- <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, this was a complete and utter squash. Uh, Braun Strowman completely decimated Kevin Owens in just under about two minutes. Um, I don't, I don't get this. I thought I got it because of the main event, but what happened in the main event didn't even end up happening. So I, I, I don't get this. I don't get the reasoning on squash and Kevin Owens. You know, you've had everybody else compete, you know, pretty pretty closely with Braun Strowman, even though he's a monster. Um, so I, I, I don't see the reasoning and the logic. Like I said, I thought I did. You know, I was trying to give WWE some benefit of the doubt, but um, – I can't. I can't find a reasoning to see why Kevin Owens had to be squashed here. It was um, pretty ridiculous. Because, like, to me, Kevin Owens being getting squashed by Braun would have made a hell of a lot more sense if they actually went through with a cash in rather than have Braun come in before the main event and say, "Oh, I'm going to watch this match and pick the bones of whoever wins." Um. And then the fact that he didn't do it made Kevin Owens look like a bigger idiot for losing earlier. And I just, I didn't like, I didn't like the way they had him lose. And I don't, didn't like the end of the pay-per-view as far as they tease a cash in and then they don't tease a cash in. You know what I mean? Like it's just, the writing on this was awful. Like, you've got this big-ass dude who legitimately looks like he could kill you, and they have him be a coward. It's almost like he's a cowardly heel as far as, like, oh, I'm going to tell you when I'm going to cash in, but it's I'm not really going to do it. And it's Can I give you 100? I'm over Strowman. I'm so over Braun Strowman now. I am too. I it's not his fault. It's the writer's fault. They take anything that's hot and they pour like cold ass water on it all the time and make you not give a shit about anything. See, Nate, I think that's where you're wrong because it's not the writer's yeah. fault. It's Vince's fault because nothing that the writers do happens without his approval. Okay, yeah, good point. You got me there. So, yeah. Um, 
it, to be honest, the whole thing, you know, it, not not even a, including Braun coming out uh, before the main event got started, but you know, him squashing Kevin Owens in like what was it under two minutes or just around the two minute mark, um, does nothing for uh, for Kevin. Could have done a lot for Braun. It was it, like I, I, the way I see it is it was just poor execution. Um, but because of that poor execution, you kind of left Owens out to dry. Um, because in the eyes of you know the casual viewer, they're pretty much going to look at him as a joke uh, now. Um, so unless they got plans for him to heat him back up. Um, I, I, I pray that he, they are done uh, having him involved with uh, Strowman and just get him back on the right track. Uh, he's a guy that um, a lot of people uh, get behind. Um, and he's a fucking dastardly ass heel. Um, He's able to do the the cowardly stuff. Uh, he can go out there and be that prize fighter when he wants to. Um, so in that sense, I think he's, you know, th- maybe they they might see him as bulletproof. Uh, being a fan of his, uh, I'm not in favor of using him to build up somebody that didn't need, you know, to be built up. Uh, my my issue is seeing people on Twitter using that squash match as an excuse to hate on the WWE for signing their favorite indie darlings and say, see, this is why I don't like them signing all these guys. It's like, that's fine. Whatever. But you need to remember, and I tweeted this out last night, uh, in that two-minute squash, Kevin Owens did the least amount of work for a maximum payout. Uh, You know, and that's that's more, that's more than he'll ever get paid doing anything he has ever or would have ever done uh, on the Indies for two minutes of work in a place that he always wanted to be. So I don't get fans complaining about that. Like, oh, they just signed all these guys. Well, guess what? Did you read my tweet, I didn't. I'll have to go back and check. But nobody puts a gun into these guys' heads and say, sign this fucking contract. They're there because they want to be there. You know, they're not promised anything other than opportunity. Uh you know, Owens wasn't down in NXT very long because he, for damn sure, you know, maximized that opportunity. Um, is he where we personally want him to be right now? No. But I don't, you know, I, this, that, that, that's not them writing him off completely. I tweeted last night, all oh, wrestling fans are good for us complaining. Oh, I did see that, yes. <laughs> or, or 
actually, I said they're good for being crybabies and making up rumors. So, um, honestly, yep. that's what I would do if I was in WWE with KO. I would have KO sit out, have fun with your family, take a vacation, make the man return back when Sami Zayn comes back, and and have him just destroy the whole tag division. And just give them the straps already. Right. And, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. If there's anybody, I think, in the WWE that can, how can I say, survive, not survive, because it makes it sound like it's like life, life or death. I could say withstand doing a big squash match, it's Kevin Owens. Because I think... I think no matter what happens, regardless, Kevin Owens is going to be over either, you know, with the older crowd as somebody to cheer for. I think Kevin Owens will always be cheered and then, you know, booed by the kids and, you know, whatever. I he's, think he's, he's one of the few people, he's one of the few people that he could be squashed by Strowman to where he can come back and people are like, oh, we still give a shit about Kevin Owens. Like, He's done some, you know, he's done some crazy stuff. And even, you know, when you look at the casual audience, I think the casual audience, you know, one of the biggest fears is that people just stop caring. And I don't think the casual viewers will stop caring about Kevin Owens. I don't think they'll look at him and be like, who is that? I think Kevin Owens has made enough of an impact to where people know who he is and people remember a lot of the stuff that he did. I mean, you think about it. Kevin Owens has had so many memorable moments in a time where you really can't remember a lot of stuff that's happened. You know, him being in the match with Shane, him headbutting Vince, him getting thrown off the ladder of Money in the Bank, getting thrown off of the off of the cage match against Strowman through the announcer table, um, and so on and so forth. I think I think he he's had so many memorable moments to where people are like, oh, let's see what Kevin Owens is up to next. So I will say that to not not to really defend it, but to say okay, maybe like I said, maybe Kevin Owens is one of the few people can be squashed and still, you know, be okay from it. Yeah, KO would be nice if he just chills out, come back, and people will they'll make a big pop for him coming back. There you go. He's 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 the the man's definitely made it in the WWE where he'll get a a huge pop on his return. <clears throat> Can't imagine oh, yeah. anything both. Definitely, but let's move on to our next match: triple threat match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Carmella defending her title against Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Um, I'll just get this out of the way. This is my basic thoughts on this. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Um, I thought the match was okay. Uh, Carmella seems to be improving a bit. Uh, You know, she did some good stuff in this match. Um, And, you know, finish of the match came where Charlotte basically uh, took the victory. And post-match, we had uh, Becky looking like she was congratulating Charlotte on her own, only to beat her down beat her outside, throw her over the uh, announcer's table, and walk away to uh, to big applause. So 
Yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, there's so much that I could say. Um, I think, and I don't know if this is true or not, but, you know, I think they were doing this whole Carmella thing because Charlotte was out getting surgery and was out for a little bit. And now that she's back and 100% healthy, um, I think they decided to put the strap on her. You know, honestly, this this should have been Becky's time. And, you know, I'm not just saying that because Becky's one of my favorites on the roster. It just storyline sense makes sense that it should have been her time. And I get the story that they're going to be going with now. But you know, it's still going to be a three-person thing because Carmella has her rematch clause and so on and so forth. But I don't know. Like I said, I thought the match, the match would, up to this point, I could say that this was probably the best match on the show, which it's not saying a lot, but I could say this was probably the best match up to, up to this point. Um, I fucking hated this match. Yeah, Nate, Nate, you go ahead. Um, sorry to cut you off, Tom, but, like, it's not the match that I hated. It's the fact that, okay, it was supposed to be Becky and Carmella. They inserted Charlotte, and as soon as they did that, we knew exactly where this was going to go. Okay. Is there anyone with a logical working brain who thought that Becky could win this match? We were all hoping that she would because she deserves it. But what do they do? They give it to Charlotte once again. Charlotte's a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong. She's the daughter of Ric Flair, who is perhaps arguably the greatest world champion of all time. But you have more in your division than Charlotte Flair. Give Becky Lynch, and I hate saying this, Give someone else a chance. You know what I mean? Like, put the title on someone else for a couple months. See how it goes. <sighs> Becky, when she was the champion on SmackDown, did great. And I think she deserves a better run, because, or another run. Because, to my knowledge, if I remember right, wasn't her first run with the title cut short due to injury. And they haven't done much with her since. You know, you can always uh, get my girl Oscar back on TV. Yeah, but they buried the fuck out of her. I wouldn't say they buried her. She, it's because she lost a match with Carmella and she's buried. Okay, maybe buried is too harsh, but it's she needs some serious rehabilitation. Um, basically, basically Nate, you're my boy. You sound like one of those fans I was talking about on Twitter. <laughs> I think I think Don't buried is a little bit. I think I think buried is a little bit of a strong word, and I think Nate knows that. But I I think I get what he's saying is that WWE just has this like has this complete hard on for Charlotte, and it's like. Yeah, it's not even, you know, they were trying to make Charlotte look like the the baby face, but that wasn't going to happen. 
So now they're going to have to make her, you know, go back to being heel because there's no way that people are going to boo Becky Lynch because Becky Lynch, you know, she, I think she's one of the few where she needs to stay baby face because people just like her. She, she connects really well. I mean, I said the same thing about Sami Zayn, but, you know, once again, um, you know, WWE just, just kind of does what they want with that. And, you know, Heel Sami Zayn was, was all right. Um, but I think it's just, you know, people were waiting. Like I said, it would have, it would have made, if you were, okay, if you were going to make Charlotte heel, because they should have known there's no way that crowd was going to boo Becky Lynch. There's no way. Okay, so let's make Charlotte heel. How do you make Charlotte heel? What do you do is you have Becky beat Carmella, win the title, and then sm- and then you just reverse the roles. Just reverse the roles. Either have Charlotte, just have Charlotte beat down Becky. From her injury to still fucking Becky spotlight and Becky get fed up. Right, exactly. Have Becky win the title and have Charlotte attack her or on SmackDown do the same thing, you know? have Charlotte turn on Carmella. Like I said, there was no way, there was no way they would have expected people in Brooklyn to boo Becky or anywhere else for that matter. Becky's uh, one of the most over women in that company. There's no way that she's going to get booed. Yeah. Like I said, there's no way that they would have known that. Since I mentioned Oscar, I saw a photo on the internet. Oscar will be facing Lita at the women's review. It's a weird matchup. So, um, Alexa Bliss and Jason Trish. I don't know That's how true that. Uh, okay. I don't know how true the Oscar match is, but I saw a photo. Just how I saw the photo of 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 uh, Bliss and uh, Trish, Trish Stratus. It was basically the same thing. So we'll see if that's actually true. Who did you say that Oscar was facing? That'd be interesting, I guess. That match is not going to be good if true. Like, if it actually happens, like, unless Oscar can carry Lita to a good match. I'm sorry, Lita was really was really good in the Attitude Era and then in her heyday. She sucks now. Like, she shouldn't be in a ring <laughs> anymore. But to retire. Yeah. Here you want to come in with a hot, you want to come in with a hot take. I'll come in with a hotter take. Looking back on it, Lita was never that good in the ring. She was. Thanks. Yeah. If, if people if people want to point out that. if if people want to quote uh you know quote out how like the young bucks and people nowadays are spot monkeys. No, Lita was a spot monkey. You want to talk think... about somebody that relied on big spots and a move? That was Lita. Lita was never. Yeah, you are right though. Lita, Lita only had one good match. It was against Trish Stratus and Raw. Lita was nothing more than a than a hurricane run and a moonsault. Other than that, I can't think of a single good Lita match that I actually really liked. Other than that main event that her and Trish had. And wasn't wait wasn't that the match where Lita broke her neck? Yes. Yeah, so you know, once again, and trying to do high spots and ended up and ended up hurting herself severely. But anyway, let's let's move on and we'll let's finish off uh, SummerSlam because we still have 
fucking five matches to go. Jesus. Let's quickly, oh let's quickly go through this. <laughs> Actually, no, we have six matches to go. Uh, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. Uh, Joe cuts a pre-match promo uh, with Styles in the ring t- uh, because AJ's wife and kid is in the ring, um, saying that uh, their, uh, their daddy is uh, going to be coming home to them tonight. Um, overall, I thought, th- I thought this match was uh, it was good. I think these two can do uh can do much better but i thought i thought this match was still really good um you know obviously this this isn't the end because the match ended with a disqualification um once again i don't know why you do dq pay-per-views on your second show of the year but and it was because aj got so pissed off at joe that it made complete sense to me. I didn't like it because I don't like DQ finishes, but right, this one from a storytelling perspective made complete sense. Yeah, I agree with Nate. One thing that I didn't like, like, or I should say, one thing that I don't like is having the very first match of a big feud at a major pay per view. It's like the major pay-per-view should be saved for the blow-off match, you know? Yeah, like, that was a little weird. It's 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 weird that this started at SummerSlam and it's going to end, you know, in the fucking December pay-per-view, probably. Or Hell in a Cell. Yeah, or Hell in a Cell, you know. And, you know and, and, and I get it. If they want to get there, um, you know, having uh, having AJ lose it against Joe... Is uh, is definitely the way to go. I had no problem with the finish. I thought that you know I was really freaking enjoying the match. Um, but Nate is absolutely right. Uh, the way that they laid it out uh, for that finish uh, makes perfect sense. Uh, if you if, you know if the end goal is to build that up to uh, Hell in the Cell. Right. Right. I can I can see that, but. Um, you know, it's just like, okay, why are you doing the match at at such a big show then? You know, but I I, I definitely can see. You well, know, given, I, I see why. Given that it's AJ and Joe in the match, I mean, we're probably correct me if I'm wrong. We're more than likely all fans of these two, and we were probably all excited to see this match and it ending in a DQ. Yeah, there's no question why we're talking about it the way it is because or way we are because a match like that between those two shouldn't end in a DQ unless was, they're using it to further the storyline and it's going to go somewhere. It was better than AJ and Shinsuke's WrestleMania match. Yeah, but that's not saying much because that match fucking sucks. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It could have been a lot worse. That's true. <laughs> but uh, let's move on to the uh, next match. We had uh, one of the most anticipated matches of the night: The Miz taking on Daniel Bryan. Eight years in the making, finally happening. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll keep this short and sweet. I really like this. To me, this was match of the night. Uh, really old oh, school oh. type of stuff. Really old school type of stuff here. Like I said, these two came right out of the gate and. You know, Miz was playing the shitty heel at first, and then Brian finally got him. 
And, uh, you know, they worked the whole match. Miz, you know, being the the cocky heel, mocking Daniel Bryan at some points, and then Bryan eventually getting the upper hand and, um, and you know, out-wrestling and out-dueling uh, the Miz. And then, um, you know, I, I thought the ending was what it should be, which was that the Miz knew that he wasn't he wasn't going to be able to beat Daniel Bryan in a straight, you know, kind of one-on-one match without doing something. So being, you know, the cheater heel that he is, he uh, he grabs a weapon from Marisa at ringside, hits Daniel Bryan with it, hands it back to her before the ref can see, uh, dives in the ring, gets the one, two, three, and the Miz beats Daniel Bryan. Um so I'll throw it to you guys. Like I said, I, I really this to me this was match of the night. I really like this. Really good stuff uh with these two. I agree. Um the only thing I didn't like about the match had nothing to do with the match at all. It was that crowd. They seemed really fucking dead for it. Um right. which was surprising, you know, cuz th- you know this match was a long time in the making. Um so I'm not sure why the energy was uh was offering, you know, hey, yeah, yeah, I get it. They've been sitting there for fucking hours already. But you would think this match they'd get, you know, hyped for, especially that, you know, a smart crowd like that. You got uh, you got Brian in there. You know, you want to see him, you know, give the Miz like his comeuppance. And I don't know. It, like, it just really made the tone of the match feel flat. Uh I don't, you know, maybe like around like the last three minutes of it or so, uh, they got back into it, but it, it kind of took away from the match overall. Uh, but it was by far the match of the night for me as well. Um, this is the match that I was most looking forward to on this show. Um, WWE doesn't do long-term storytelling right necessarily, but this is something that. It's been eight years in the making, and they've gotten this right so far. I thought this match was really good. And anyone complaining about The Miz winning, because I saw a few people complaining, um, you need to shut up right now and go sit in a corner, because (laughs) if Brian wins, then if Brian would have won, then it's a one and done. But The Miz winning opens it up for so much more. And that is wrestling at its finest. The Miz had to win because now people are going to want to see more matches between these two. They're going to want to see Daniel Bryan get his revenge, and they're going to want to see him prevail on the top. That's what wrestling is in a nutshell. So you guys can all sit the fuck down, play out, see how it goes. Have patience for once in your goddamn life. Damn, Nate, giving it to them, letting the people know what's up. <laughs> but yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. But let's keep it rolling because holy shit, we still have fucking four more matches. Jesus Christ. Uh, Finn Balor versus uh, Baron versus Constable we Baron Corbin. That. <laughs> I was in the Once again, another 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 big squash match because we did see the return of the demon uh, tonight and very quick match, about a minute and a half roughly, and uh, yeah, Finn Balor gets the win. Not much to say about this. 
Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Jeff Hardy for the WWE United that. States Championship. <laughs> I'll say it's this. Uh, I, don't know what, I don't know what's going on with Jeff Hardy, but, um, you know, he's, you know, he I thought the match was, match was okay, but Jeff Hardy complaining about his bad back and then doing a, uh, a swanton bomb from the top rope onto the apron. Nasty looking fucking bump. Oh my. God. God, that was bad. God, oh, like that hurt. I don't have back problems, and that hurt my back. I do. <laughs> <And> that <laughs> hurt me. Yeah, so you know, like you got you got like PTSD. You were like Jeff, no. Exactly. Oh <laughs> uh, God. So uh, eventually, Shinsuke Nakamura he retains after a uh, Kinshasa uh, retains his United States Championship against Jeff Hardy. Uh, Randy Orton comes out after the match, does nothing, then goes to the back. Okay. Which is really weird and pointless, but yeah. <laughs> Randy Orton got paid. See, you want to talk about Kevin Owens getting paid? Randy Orton got paid to go to Brooklyn, walk out, and then walk to the back. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's living. Get your money, pal. So that match went about 11 minutes. And so the following two matches were a combined less time than the Shinsuke Nakamura-Jeff Hardy match. So we had Ronda Rousey taking on Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship. Match went about four minutes. And uh, Ronda Rousey eventually uh, tapped out Alexa Bliss. Uh, She was working over the arm the final stretch of the match. Uh, and, you know, really twisting, contorting the arm, as we've seen Alexa Bliss do before. Um, so really working the arm, and then eventually uh, Alexa Bliss taps out, and Ronda Rousey is your new Raw Women's Champion. Um, Don't... I have one thing to say about this match, and that is whoever did Ronda's makeup needs to be fired. <laughs> they made her look absolutely fucking terrible. Um and yeah, it was it was bad. Um, Ronda getting the title, like I don't know how I feel about it. Like honestly, I think it's too soon. And to go from like, okay, Brock just had the Universal title, he finally lost it, which we'll get to. But part-time champion, and now you got a part-time champion in Ronda Rousey, because you know that she's not going to be on every Raw. She's not going to defend it on a Raw, so it's just we're now stuck in the same situation with the women's title as we were with the universe. Honestly, title. I feel like Ronda will be, I feel like Ronda's, I feel like Ronda will be, um, more on raw than, than, um, what you call it? Brock Lesnar. She's been on she's Raw on more times this year than Brock has in the past two years. And she goes on tour with him. Yeah. That's why I'm like, if she's on tour with the WWE, of course she's going to uh, be around. Well, let's see. Uh, I don't know if anybody else had anything to say uh, further with this match. 
No, uh, Ronda looked look great. Yeah, the major consensus was um, Ronda looked great except for her makeup. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, let's get to the final match of the night, a match that so, so many people were just looking forward to with all their heart and soul. Roman Reigns, the challenger, Brock Lesnar, the WWE Universal Champion, um, WWE pulling the old bait and switch, having Braun Strowman come down beginning of the match saying that he is not going to be a coward and wait till somebody's beat up to cash in his money in the bank. He's letting them know right now he is going to cash in because he's a monster. And we all thought he was going to be in the match. But no, he said, I'm going to stand here until the end of the match. So Braun Strowman basically just said what he wasn't going to do. He said, oh, I'm not going to wait till someone's beat up, and then said, I'm going to stand here until somebody gets beat up. And so uh, really quick back and forth match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, really, you know, going to work on each other. Um, Brock Lesnar was uh, on the apron. Roman Reigns goes for a spear through the middle rope, ends up hitting uh, Braun Strowman, knocking him down. And um, Brock Lesnar goes to the outside, gives an F5 to Braun Strowman, puts Roman Reigns back in the ring. As soon as Brock gets back in the ring, he gets hit with a Superman punch, a spear, one, two, three. Roman Reigns is your champion. Fade to black. WWE, they got us. They made sure to bring Braun out in the beginning of the match so nobody left and nobody turned off the WWE network with no cashing, no nothing, and Roman Reigns ends off SummerSlam as champion. Um, Yeah, honestly, uh, I'll say this, you know, at least the Universal Champion will be there on a week-to-week basis, and it'll be on house shows. Yeah, it'll be, uh, you know, the champion at least will be on house shows and Raw every week. I I will say that, but, man, the WWE really just completely blue ball their whole fan base. And (laughs) why, like I said, why the fact that they have to do that, the fact that they had to do that in order for – like, imagine how asinine that sounds to somebody. Imagine going up to somebody who doesn't know wrestling or watching this with somebody and telling them, well, the WWE had to bring Braun Strowman out to make sure that in their main event of their second biggest show of the year, that fans didn't walk out of the building or completely shit on the match. You would be like, the other person would be like, what is wrong with them? Why would they do that? Yeah, like, why would they have to do that? But anyway, if if Roman Reigns was uh, what are your what, are, what were your thoughts on all this guy? If Roman Reigns was as over as they want him to be, um, and he was playing the role that they want him to play, then Braun wouldn't have had to be out there in the first place. Um. 
they used Braun to get people to care about this match. I because they knew people weren't going to care, and that's where my problem comes in. Like you've got Brock, who was a half-ass champion, who said verbatim on a Raw that he didn't give a shit about the belts or the company or anything else. He's just there to get a payday and eventually go back to UFC, whatever, which is fine. I hope he fucks off to UFC and I never see him again. Um, And Braun, or sorry, Roman is just, he's in a tough spot. Like I, I'm not a huge fan of Roman, but he's an extremely tough spot and he's doing the best that he can with it because he's trying to be the baby face, the, face of the company and fans are shitting all over him and I'm not one who hates Roman Reigns Um, I'm not going to be like certain other people I know who just hate on him to hate on him but he's not as good as the company can I have to speak on it? yeah I'm so happy Roman Reigns is the fucking champ uh, like Tom said, we have a champ on a weekly basis, and I felt like him and Finn Balor killed it tonight. Had a great match. No, oh yeah, they did. I don't, I don't understand why people like like to complain on the dude. Like, they Roman Reigns do it shit. Who gives a fuck? Because it's, they like the sound of their voice. Tweeting, um, oh, I'm gonna delete the WWE Network now because Roman Reigns champ. Shut the fuck up. That's where people start yeah. hurt. Agreed. I hate people like that. Oh, cancel the WWE Network because they did something I don't want, I didn't like. Just cancel the WWE Network, fuck off, and don't watch anymore. Yeah, it's those type of people where it's like, please do that so I don't have to fucking see your fucking shitty opinions and bitchiness on my timeline. Exactly. But yeah, you know, it, it, the the match was what it was. Um, <laughs> you know, there was a, there was rumors like leading up to it that you know it might go long. Uh, kind of glad it didn't. I, I think the way it panned out, you know, was the only way to do it. Uh, you know, you have like a Brock distracted. Uh, the only thing I didn't like, and this is just really just me nitpicking is that final spear that put Brock away was Roman giving him a spear basically from down on one knee. To me, it makes more sense for Brock to, you know, swing the chair and miss, have Roman come off the ropes and boom, you know, that way there's like some momentum, some like finality to it. Um, You know, besides the, besides the weak spear that finished it, I had no complaints. You know, um, it still makes no sense for Braun to be out there. Um, I'm, you know, I, I actually got kind of excited. I was like, oh, fuck, is he going to make this a triple threat? Um, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's what everybody thought. But, you know, but no, he was just there to watch and then get beat up by Brock. Um, but, you know, it, people complain about Brock 
holding that title hostage. People complain about Roman not being the guy. It's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. There needs <laughs> exactly. To be Listen, I'll tell you this. Fans, you could have the whole New Japan roster, Ring of Honor, everybody from the Indies invade WWE in a huge ending segment to to end the show where they just completely rip down the raw set. Okada gives Roman Reigns a rainmaker and it starts raining money to end the show and fans would still complain. They would say, well, you know, I kind of wish that Tanahashi looked a little bit better and, you know, they, they probably should have had Ghetto out there too, even though Ghetto and Okada aren't together anymore. Like, I would have liked to see Ghetto. Like, like my point is, everybody complains. You know, like yeah. I said, I, I should on WWE. Is WWE a Yeah. You, you know, is WWE Honestly, a total bitch to watch? Yes. It sucks. It sucks to watch <laughs> a six-hour show and then a three-hour show the next night and then a two-hour show tomorrow. Yes, it's exhausting. But... I watch the alternatives too, just because I love wrestling. I love it all. Yeah, Even the shitty WWE crap. You need a variety. And my my advice to people is to love just keep you. in mind, my advice to people is just to keep in mind that, you know, the first step to having a better title scene was getting the belt off of Brock. Roman has it right now that, you know, it, we saw tonight. You know, he his first challenger was uh, was Finn Balor. Uh, you know, Balor never fucking sniffed around uh, Brock. You know, um, this opens up everything for a lot more people. So, you know, just have an open mind. You know, don't, you know, stop stop your bitching. Just let it play out. Word exactly. Now, see, most but fans, most most hardcore fans were like, well, you know, if the WWE wanted to do something new, they should have had Matt Riddle attack Brock Lesnar and then blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, no, Matt Riddle is chilling in his suit with flip-flops. He's chilling. And he's probably high as fuck. <laughs> hey, not anymore. Uh, Hunter's testing him. Real, real quick, I just want to throw out... Um... Some things that happened on Monday Night Raw. Ronda Rousey puts Stephanie McMahon in armbar. So, yeah, that happened. What the fuck, Dodgers? Night. It's a motherfucker. Kenny Jackson comes back, gives away two fucking home runs. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's what happened with uh, tonight. Triple H also cut a promo, and uh, not too. Elias jobbed out, um, what's his name? Kurt Hawkins. Not too much happened on, on Raw tonight. Yeah, more continuation of the revival and the B team. Um, I don't, I don't know much else. And the shield destroyed Braun Strowman at the end, and I loved it. I ain't going front. Um, I said this on Twitter, but it's like people boo Roman Reigns, but when he gets with the shield, then they cheer him. So, like, when he did the powerbomb, they 
they cheered him. So that's what they should do. If they want to get Roman over, have him be with Dean and stuff because right. they it's will like, cheer. It, it, it's, he, it's like um, it's like they don't fucking recognize him. Like he's yeah, fucking exactly. like like outside of the shield, he's Clark Kent. With the shield, he's Superman. That's a great analogy because it's that's the truth, one hundred percent. Well, you know, except uh, Marvel never shoved uh, Clark Kent down our throats like oh, WWE does with Roman Reigns. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, yeah, everybody, see, nobody hated Roman Reigns in the Shield because he was just the silent guy who beat the shit out of people, and people loved it. So, yeah, keep going with it. It was it was an interesting way to end off Raw. You know, I think people were genuinely surprised. Um, like I said, that Dean Ambrose heel turn, eh, looks like it's going to take a little longer than expected, folks. But uh, before before we move on, I got to say, I got to say, and I know I know Nate, Nate watched too. Um, speaking of this weekend, uh, another event that happened this weekend, uh, Joey Janela's Lost in New York. Highly recommend everybody check it out. Really fun show. Really fun show. It was such a good show. Everybody, everybody within the sound of my voice needs to keep an eye on Marco Stunt. He is going to be the next big thing in indie wrestling. Like, I didn't know who Marco Stunt was, and he came out and he faced off against uh, Kyle the Beast. And he, I mean, he fucking impressed everybody. Like, my Twitter was going absolutely, I was watching it live, and my Twitter was going absolutely insane, like, the whole night, talking about Marco Stunt. Um, See, and I so watched, go check but, like, I still, it's like, people were still talking about him. Like, this is a guy that like, you need to watch. Holy shit, where did this kid come from? Like, he's awesome. He's also all in. And he's just, he's, yeah, he's an all in now. He's uh, booked for the next uh, Game Changer Wrestling show in September. Um, he's he's getting bookings, and like I said, check him out. It's definitely a, like I said, it's something also unique because he's a he's a really smaller guy. You know, he is a much smaller guy than everybody else. But when he he did, it's on. Um, it should be up on my Twitter. I don't know if I retweeted it or, or, or liked it, but beginning of the match, he does this tilt a world code breaker. That was so fucking clean. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think I've ever seen a tilt a world code breaker before. Yeah. And he nailed it. And everybody was fucking going crazy. It was great. But like I said, the whole show, really fun show. <laughs> it was awesome to see Jin Station, Zaki, Going at it once again, uh, such a such a legend in the business. Um, you know, we got to see uh, the Sandman beat up on Stokely Hathaway. Um, Weedus performed, which which was fun to see. Which we um, you know, we got to see Nick Gage versus Sabu. That was that was nuts, and. Uh, yeah, PCO and Matt Riddle. It was it was a lot of fun. So everybody go check it out. Uh, Which is Game Changer Wrestling, Joe Agent is lost in New York. 
Um, Nate, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on it. Um, well, I'm glad that we got to see PCO versus Matt Riddle because that's something I wanted to see for like next year's spring break three, but obviously that's not going to have a chance happening now given the Matt Riddle news, but, um, I thought the match was really good and I thought the show as a whole was great. I mean, go out of your way to watch it. Uh, Joey Janela and Game Changer Wrestling, they're they're literally Game changing Changer the Wrestling. Is that Joey Janela's uh, promotion? No, um, he does shows through them, but I think that's like a completely different en- entity. Or is it? Nick but, Gators, yeah. Uh, is, it, is it Nick Gage's promotion? It's one of them, right? I don't think. I don't no, I don't Nick Gage it's not Nick Gage's promotion. I know he does like Nick Gage just training for it and um like he works with them. I believe it's Brett uh Lauderdale's promotion. Um a, a guy by the name of Brett Lauderdale. You can you can look him up on Twitter. Uh he's got a Twitter out there and he tweets. Um I think that's his promotion. So I think that's who runs it, but Nick Gage is heavily involved in it as well. So, and you know, Joey Janela is involved in it, obviously as well too. You know, kind of behind the scenes. But yeah, insanely. Um, I can't wait for Joey Janela's Spring Break Three. Like, I'm already planning on uh, ordering that when WrestleMania weekend rolls around again, and I'm hoping that they make this uh, Lost in Well, it won't be called Lost in New York because. SummerSlam probably won't be there every year. Well, maybe they will be because they've been there for the last, I think, four. But I hope they make, no matter where SummerSlam goes, like having a Joey Janela show during WrestleMania weekend and, again, during SummerSlam weekend is something I'm all for because I've seen two of his shows and they were both great. Yeah. Next hey, uh, GCW show is September 21st. Joey Janela versus Psychosis. So, <laughs> quick reminder, real quick for um, man. I know he has something to say about Rick of Iron before you go up here. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys still get it, but Ring of Honor has pulled their TV show from my local affiliate. So, for they've been on the air since 2011 and I went to try to watch the show before going to work today. And I realized it wasn't on there. And then I scrolled through my DVR trying to find it and it's no longer on there. So, um, I guess I'm going to have to rely on fight TV and the fight TV app to watch it. Uh, and that sucks for ring of honor because now they're getting less and less exposure and a lot of people aren't going to go out of their way to search for random or obscure wrestling shows that are two, three weeks old. And now it's like, I'm not going to know, okay, was this one happened this week or last week or whatever. So it's, it sucks for ring of honor. And I don't know if they did it intentionally or if it's something that the networks did, but it's not good for them either way, because I've been watching Ring of Honor TV. Like I haven't missed an episode since they started airing in 2011. And if they're officially off TV now, that sucks. And it might not be in my area, but still, it, it sucks. 
But ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to an ending of Wrestling Heads Radio. Follow me on Twitter at WHSkits. Follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Heads. Thanks for listening. We will keep you guys updated on our next airing when we come on air. And subscribe to us on iTunes at iTunes.com backslash Wrestling Heads Radio. Yeah, you can follow me on the old Twitter machine at to tweet me. Give me a follow on there. Be sure to follow you back. Trying to uh like I said, get up to tweeting more. And uh but I always I always get sucked up and don't end up doing it. But I'm trying, I'm trying. But uh follow me on there, give you a follow back and uh thanks for listening. Good to be back on uh Blog Talk Radio chatting it up and stay tuned for uh, the next episode folks you can follow me on twitter and instagram at zombie that's x zero mby give me a follow i'll follow you back if anybody out there knows ashanti tell her i said damn (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you can follow me um on Twitter at headliner five, follow me on Instagram at headliner zero five. And, uh, let's talk some wrestling, uh, because that's where all we're here for. And that's what we like to do. And like I say, every week, if you, if you don't like WWE, if you're one of those people who is down on them, but you continue to watch it, no one's forcing you to watch WWE, watch something else, watch ring of honor, watch TNA. If you want to watch that, Watch New Japan because New Japan is great. Watch the MLL. Watch AAA. There's something for everyone as far as wrestling goes. You don't have to be stuck in the habit of sitting on your couch on Mondays and slogging through a three-hour show because things that is on TV and is something that you're you think you're habitually watching. You can break your habit if you so choose to. Progress wrestling. That too. PWG Rep Pro. Speaking of Rep Pro, ladies and gentlemen, go to Rep Pro on demand. They got Walter versus Ishii up right now, and this this match just happened this weekend, so already up. You can watch the shit. And Walter might be one of the best wrestlers of the year. He has the fucking PWG World Title. He has a Progress World Title. He has uh uh he has the O O he has the O T T um. World title. The man has at least four world titles right now. He's killing the game. And uh, if you don't fuck with Walter, you're an idiot. Uh, but I just named at least four different promotions you can check out, folks. PWG, Beyond, AAW. Um, again, follow us on Twitter, and we'll keep you guys posted on what's good, what's, what's good next, uh, what's uh, going on next for us. Peace out, folks. Have a good night.